What's up, guys? Welcome to Inside the H. Uh, I'm one half of the Inside the H pod. My name is Kush. You guys can find me on Twitter at Christopher Paul, K-U-S-H-T-O-P-H-E-R-P-A-U-L. Ike, where can they find you, bro? They can find me on Twitter at Ike Cuellar. That's I-K-E-C-U-E-L-L-A-R. What's good, everybody? Welcome to Inside the Edge podcast, where we talk about Houston, everything, sports, all your Space City sports here. I'm one of your co-hosts, Ike Cuellar, right here with my boy, Kush. What's up, Kush, man? How you doing? How was your Christmas? What's up, bro? It was good. Uh, you know, had food and good times with the family. Got to see everybody. Um, we got to celebrate a Texans win this weekend, so... We're going to get into that in a little bit. How was your Christmas, bro? It was good, man. It's always good to chill with the family and, uh, you know, just, you know, open up the prisons, eat tamales, pozole, all that good stuff. Uh, I can't get enough of it, man. But let's get right into it, man. We talk about this Texans win, this Texans dub against the Tennessee Titans. And Texas winning that game 19-14. to 14. I felt like the defense really is playing well this last few games there. You know, I know the starter wasn't playing. Uh, we're playing against Malik Willis, uh, you know, the, the Titans quarterback. But the way that the defense has been playing is something to be excited about in the future, man. We're creating sacks and interceptions. You know, we're really getting after the quarterback there. Uh, they only scored uh, 14 points. One touchdown was by Derrick Henry. And, you know, in most cases, you can't do nothing about that, man. That guy is just a very a large human being. Like, you can't stop that too much unless, you know, you stack the box on him a few times. But I think the defense looked well. And to talk about Davis Mills – there's a lot of throws that he made that looked very good, man. And, you know, credit was, you know, we got Brandon Cooks back. He was in the game. He had a touchdown, uh, really awesome catch. But some of the throws Davis Mills was making was really impressive, man. And I feel I feel like we could have won at least three or four games this season because there's stretches in the games that I see Mills making that throw. And I asked myself, can he do this for 60 minutes in a game? And I, I always think he can, man. I just don't know why he doesn't. I don't, I don't get it. It has me scratching my head. And, you know, it's probably more because we're tanking. But some of the, the turnovers we have are just tough to just watch, man. Like, he had another fumble when he was rushing it in for a touchdown, uh, he looked like very careless with the ball, just like the Kansas City game where he lost it at the end, and and that was ultimately the reason why we lost. But um, I, I feel like we could have won at least three or, or four more games this year 
um, just by the throws that he makes and how he gets out of the pocket and makes things happen. But, you know, overall, we still got the dub. And, you know, thanks to us, Jacksonville is put in the prime spot to try to win the division next week. So I want to get your thoughts on the game. And what did you think, you know, uh, made the Texans play this well, Kush? I think, um, you know, football is one of those sports where, like, you can be bad all year like we have been, but at the end of the day, these these guys all have a job to do. They're going to fight to win games. And I think that's what we saw on Sun or Saturday, I guess. Um, and I think one of the interesting things that I, I was thinking about was, I think if we would have gave up 200-plus to Derrick Henry on Saturday, it would be his fifth 200-yard rushing game against the Texans, which is just like crazy to think about, right? And I have a feel because I know people were talking about it all week, and that had to that had to be one of the messages uh, that um, coach Coach Lovey Smith was like preaching to the defense is like, guys, we don't want to be. That's not what we want the conversation to be about. We want it to be about how we won the game, and they did that. And you know, I I've been saying this the past couple of weeks. I give them a lot of credit for five, keep keep fighting um, in what's been pretty much a lost season, in my opinion, for the Texans. So good performance. Um, like you said, uh, we put them in prime position for the Jaguars to take the division, which is so crazy to think about because early, early in the season, that's who we got our first win against. And at that time, I could have never saw the Jaguars, you know, put themselves – in position and think for things to happen for them to win the division, which is, it's crazy. Like, yeah. It's, um, and just speaking about like bad division play, the AFC South has been bad. The NFC South has been bad. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they don't even have a winning record and they're probably going to win that division. So, and I remember us talking about this last week, like if a few more things could have gone our way this season, then maybe you might see us, you know, being in a position for us to fight to stay within the division and maybe, you know, win the division. So, and I think, I think in the NFL, like, as we all know, all these games come down to the fourth quarter and you can win and lose games in a few plays. And I think, I think if you look at the division this year, um, We've been in we've been in so many games this year where if we make one or two plays, we stop the other team from making one or two plays. It could have resulted in a couple more wins, but you know that's that's the NFL, and that's why um, the draft coming up is very important. That we strike gold in the draft, and in my opinion, um, I think you've got to get a new coach. And I love Lovey Smith, but. If you um, keep him or extend him after the season that we've had this year, to me, that speaks volumes of what uh, ownership is trying to tell the fans is pretty much like we're not actually trying to win, you know, and we can have that. We can go days and days about that, about the debate, but I think after this Saturday, one of my thoughts as a Texans fan was, 
yes, the year has sucked. We've had we hadn't been good, but I think this year all the young guys that we have this year give me kind of hope on expectations for next year because I like I can't wait to see these guys grow. I mean, obviously Nico Collins, uh, Brandon Cooks, they they've been out the past few weeks or whatever. Stingley's been out, but just getting those guys back next year and seeing the development in those players and hopefully the um, new rookie class that we get next year too. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think that, you know, the, the play that we showed late in games when we turned the ball over has been a blessing and a curse at the same time, because when you make those turnovers, you know, you're going to lose the game. And right now we control our destiny with the number one pick. So I'm not crying about it too much. It just, you know, sucks that you have to see your team lose against some of these teams that you know you can beat. And I think it's hilarious because even last year, we went to Tennessee and beat them as well. So I feel like that's always a game that we take personal because they used to be the Oilers and they were here in Houston. And, you know, Mike Rabel used to be one of our assistants, our defensive coordinator, linebackers coach. And, you know, we take that game personally, man. So it's good to see the Texans fighting. You know, it shows that they still want to fight and be in games and win these games. But ultimately, you have to sacrifice and (laughs) shit. If that means fumbling at the goal line like Davis Mills did or fumbling at the end of the Kansas City game, then so be it. Because... It just doesn't matter. If we, even if we're in wild card, it's not like we're actually going to go into the playoffs with a chance to beat that team, whoever we face. So why do that when you could just get the number one pick? You know, the NFL is, I feel that the draft process and selection is better than other sports because when you suck, you're guaranteed that first pick. No matter what, it's not like the NBA where you still have to play the numbers and percentages to try to get those picks. But, yeah, man, it was a great game to see a great uh, Christmas present for all Texan fans that we were starving for. I know I was because it was getting uh, pretty bad there. But let's just make sure we lose the last few games. Man. We, don't want, we don't want to fuck up that first pick, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? So. We still want Bryce Young. Don't fuck it up. And, uh, you know, we'll move from there. But um, now let's shift our focus to the Houston Rockets. And there was two losses that we had that were a little disappointing because one of them was against the Orlando Magic and, you know, Paulo Bancaro. Uh, We wanted to win that game because of that. I mean, at least I did. I don't know how other fans feel. But... I think that we it was still a good game for the Rockets. I think Jabari Smith still held his own. I feel like he's been the most consistent player here in the last couple of weeks. And he's just, he shows, he has flashes of, I'm ready to do my thing in this league. 
from the defense to the scoring. And Bancaro was scoring on him, you know, a couple of plays, getting chippy there. He was talking shit to him, but, you know, that's going to happen. And I feel like it was a good loss, if that makes sense, because there were still guys, you know, that were being uh, aggressive. They still had good games, um, but we just didn't come out with the win, man. And we're still, like I said, just like the Texans, we're on track for Wemby. You know, um, in the Western Conference, I think we have the worst record right now. So I think that was a good loss. And then on Friday, we played the Dallas Mavericks, and Luka just went fucking bonkers. He had a 50-burger, and, you know, Luka does that against a lot of teams, not just the Houston Rockets. He's got to be, you know, one of the top two scorer in the NBA, if not the best, in my opinion. I think he's the best scorer, and there's really nothing you can do to defend him. He, he plays a lot like James Harden did and his years in Houston from the step back to drawing fouls, getting to the lane, finding others, you know, even our boy, uh, Christian Wood had a good game because of that, which I was, you know, kind of upset to see, but not, not a hundred percent pleased with that, but you know, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Luca is always going to do his thing, man. You're not going to be able to stop him most of the time. You're just going to have to hope that he misses, play solid D, stay solid, and just pray that he misses the shot. Because most of the time when he comes to Toyota Center, he always lights us up. It never fails, you know. And that was just one of those games where you hope to contain him, but he was just on. He was hitting everything. And for our young guys, it was still good to get that exposure, that game plan to face a guy like that because it gets you ready and helps you understand that you're going to be playing a lot of these guys every single night, um, you know, that are top scorers like that where you just need to contain them to stay in the game. We're pretty close there late in the game, but – you know, you, you just – he was just going off, man. What do you think about that game, Kush? Man, um, Luca is one of the best players in the league right now. Like, I'll say this. When, when it comes to, like, the next phases of the NBA, right, um, I think he he's one of those guys. He can score at will. His side, like, there's there's no way to properly defend him because of his size and the fact that he can shoot over the top of you. I, I think what you said about he plays like James Harden, that's like, that's a hundred, hundred percent accurate. Cause I remember even when he was a rookie with Dallas and James Harden was still here. That's, I think mean, just watching him play, it just reminds me so much of James Harden, the way he can step back. Um, he's a good passer. Uh, he can score. And just, just one of the, and I know, I know we're we're supposed to hate him because he's a, he's a Dallas Maverick, but I just love watching him play. He's one of my favorite players in the league to watch play. Um, I just hope that if it's not with Dallas, then somebody else can get him and build around him because, like, he has next to nothing within 
in Dallas right now. And we'll, I mean, we all, we're obviously going to see how that's going to play out in the next couple of years. But yeah, he can drop 50 on you at any game, just like James Harden could a few years ago when he was with us. That's kind of the way I look at Luca as a as a player. Yeah, and I, I and I just thought our guys going through that, having to defend that guy, that top scorer like that, is going to get us ready, you know, with a defensive mentality moving forward. Because you're going to face these guys every night. You have a game, you know, especially Dallas because they're in your division. So you play them four times out of the year. Um, you have to show up defensively. If you don't show up, you know, where your shots are not going in, that's one thing. But you can always bring the effort on the defensive side. You know, contesting shots, uh, boxing out, things like that. And I just thought it was great exposure for our young guys. I also want to mention Jalen Green did have a, a, a better game. He was knocking down his shot uh, more consistently. I believe it was in the first half, but it was great to see him have a bounce back game because he has been struggling a little bit to find his shot. But I feel like as the season progresses, he'll, he'll get back into it and the rhythm and things. And, you know, I just, Jalen is not a person, a player that we have to worry about. He's going to be him. And, you know, he's going to average his 20-plus and assist. And, you know, I'm just also very excited about Jabari, man. I was talking about it earlier, but the way this rookie is playing really tells us how good we're going to be in the future because this guy can go down the court, stop on a dime, and, and bust a jumper, which is very scary for the defense, man, because – He's going to have them at his mercy. And once, you know, he becomes that that guy, because he, he's, he, I feel like he is going to be a superstar in this league from everything that I've seen, the total package. Um, it's going to help the other guys out and make them feel more comfortable. Like, you know, guys like KJ Martin, guys like KPJ, you know, chipping in, um, with their with their play and just making them feel more comfortable, man. So, you know, we got those two L's that, you know, that was against the Orlando Magic and the Dallas Mavericks. So, you know, we're right there. Hey, we're right right in the in the tankathon things, man. We got we gotta stay track on that. And I do believe in good losses, by the way. I just want to throw that out there because I was against it at first. I was, you know, talking a lot of shit about it, but I do believe you can have good losses because of, you know, how the game plays out and how everybody is involved in the development of these guys. If you still take an L, hey, it's okay. As long as the guys got better and the exposure was there, then we move forward. Now we're going to move on to our next topic, which is still about the Houston Rockets. But, you know, it was Christmas Day yesterday, Christmas morning, and we're all opening our presents. And Woj decides to come out with a Woj bomb, if you want to call it that, 
because it really wasn't a trade, but it was it was just rumors. And I, the reason I say rumors is because sometimes Woj has been wrong. He's not perfect, obviously, but when Woj has a report, most of the time it's accurate, man. You know, that's what I believe. And there was news that came out that said that James Harden is seriously considering coming back to the Houston Rockets for next year if he doesn't get a deal done with Philadelphia, with the Philadelphia 76ers. And I get it, and you know, from the in terms of we're one of the few teams that can pay him the max contract and everything like that, because I know that's where he's hinting. In a lot of ways, I'm thinking he's using this, you know, to help his situation, his contract with Philly. Maybe they can work something out where he can get a better deal because he he did take a lesser deal this year to acquire some of the other guys they got. But as far as the Houston Rockets, I feel like that would be the wrong move. And I just have so much, like I have so much shit to talk about when it comes to the subject. I want to get your thoughts on it first um, before I get into mine because it's a lot. But I just, I just, I want to see how you feel about it, Kush. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the main thing with James Harden back to the Rockets is, I mean, we all know this. He he loves Houston, and I think if you ask him how, like about about how he left, how he left things in Houston, I think everybody would agree that it was not the best way to leave. But it is what it is. You know, it happened the way it happened. Um, I think me and you are on the same page about this, that we're like, we're James Harden supporters. We, I want him to win a championship. I hope he does win a championship. Um, but if you ask me if the Rockets are better off without James Harden, I personally would welcome him back because uh, I'm just a James Harden fan. I love what he did for us. Um, but then you get into like the question of is it worth it if you're giving him a super max contract, right? Uh, I don't think so because you're you're a um, rebuilding team, and it's one of those situations that you you kind of you kind of want to move on from James Harden. You know, you don't want to have James Harden coming back and all the other shit coming back up or whatever. So on one hand, I want to just move on from him. Just don't think about signing him. Build our team with Green, Jabari Smith, Porter Jr., all those guys. Uh, hopefully, one B next year, and then whoever else we draft or sign in free agency. But then the the fan in me is like, man, I I want to see what James Harden, Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr., Porter Jr., all these guys look like together, man. That's just the basketball fan in me. Yeah, man, I, I agree with a lot of stuff you say. You said about James Harden. Um, I want to start by saying that when James Harden 
was in Houston, when he was a member of the Houston Rockets, nobody was the bigger James Harden supporter than me. And even before in, you know, previous pods that I've done before, I've mentioned and I, you know, talked to a lot of my friends that I'm still rooting for him to win a championship in Philadelphia. I still wish him the best. Um, but I don't want this guy nowhere near my team. And I think a lot of people get it confused because they say the people that are against it are like haters and they hate him. And that's not true. Like hate is a strong word. Like in order for you to hate somebody, in my opinion, you have to know that person, right? Like personally, like, talk to them, like chill with them all the time or whatever, you know, but the hate is like the hate factor could not even be true because I don't even know that person. Right. So when I'm talking about James Harding, like the emote, you have to look at it from a basketball standpoint, like perspective, you, you got to leave your emotions to the side. Because I feel like you have to think like a general manager, right? Like, what's better for the team moving forward? And I don't want this guy nowhere near my team because of some of the bad habits that he has in his game from a long time ago. If anybody knows those habits, it's us. It's the Houston Rocket fans. And not to mention the fact that He's an aging star. He's not the same guy that he was when he was here in Houston, right? He's gotten a lot of injuries recently, you know, whether it's hamstring or whatever it might be. These two past years, he's had a lot of injuries. So now you're talking about giving this guy a max deal who potentially can't even be on the court. And I would never be here and be like, oh, you know, I want him to get hurt or anything like that. Like, especially if he's on our team, we want that guy to be on the court helping our young team. Now, can he help the Houston Rockets team right now with the roster we have? Absolutely. I think his point guard play is spectacular. I think that the guys can learn from him. You know, as far as playing the point guard position, and then we can move KPJ to the wing, I think that would be dangerous, man. Or move KPJ to the sixth man, which that would still be ridiculous because now you're always going to have a scorer in the game and you don't have to worry about the offense there. KPJ will be coming in fresh off the bench, ready to drop, you know, 20, 30 plus on your head. But the bad habits that he has on the basketball court is what I'm concerned about. And that is things like not moving without the ball, like staying stagnant. If you look at a lot of James Harden's games that he's had with the 76ers, when he doesn't have the ball, Kush, he stands around. He doesn't move. He never moves without the ball to create better opportunities for the offense. I feel like he always wanted these defensive guys, these 3 and D guys to be around him 
because they do all the dirty work. So he doesn't have to. So he won't have to, you know? Um, and you always have to mention him playing ISO ball. You know, he has been averaging more assists this year, but that's because he has the best center in the league, you know, um, and be playing with him. Naturally, he's going to average more assists because of that. He knows how to Embiid and Jokic, but that's another conversation, you know, for the best centers in the league. But he has a lot of bad habits that I wouldn't want these young guys just to get close to. Don't even think about them. We have to be a team that is a defensive first mentality team, you know, and when James Harden plays defense, when he wants to, he's great, right? He he can cover, he can guard in the post, uh, sometimes in the perimeter when he wants to. But for the most part, his defense is not something sustainable that's going to be there for 48 minutes. I'm sorry to say that. It's just not. We've seen it year after year. And when the pressure rises, when we're in the playoffs, this guy is capable of just becoming disinterested and shooting the basketball because the pressure situations he does not want no part of. He's just that guy. And like to call him a choker, it's a different story because I don't feel like he's a choker. I feel that whenever he's put in position to score, he can score the ball. He's one of the top scorers of all time, in my opinion. But when the pressure rises and we're in the playoffs and we need to get a bucket, he doesn't come through. And a lot of times you can see it in his body language. You can see it in his demeanor out there on the basketball court. He wants no part of that situation of being in those moments and coming through in the clutch. He becomes disinterested. And we've seen it year after year after year. There was a, a playoff series when we were facing the Spurs and we came back to Houston for a game six. And I swear to you, the whole game, he probably took like one or two shots. Elimination game. One or two shots. I remember that game. When you're the you remember that? Yeah. When you're the best player on the team, you cannot do that. We're relying on you. And then the worst thing was that after the game, he went to go clubbing somewhere. He was at the club partying. And that's another story. I'm not here to, like, police what he does after the game here or there. Like, that's his own life, you know? Like, I'm not here for that. I'm just saying, why didn't you show up like that for the game? Like, be that energetic and lit for the game. Because this is a playoff elimination game. That's just one example. I mean, I, I could sit here and name a lot of games like that. And those those failed like performances where he failed miserably, they're really hard to ignore. Like you really can't sit here and defend the guy because everything. I felt like when he was here was catered to him. There's a lot of times that practice schedules and other things like that were dictated because of him. Because we were like, hey, he's the MVP. He's our guy. 
hey, if he wants to do this, you know, fuck it, let him do it. I just need him to score 60 the next night, right? If you can do that, we'll forgive, you know, you trying to control or dictate, like, the, the meetings and the practice schedule and things like that. But those things, man, you can't ignore, man. I'm sorry. Like, I don't want that. I don't want this guy back on a team um, because of those bad habits, because of the basketball that he's been playing, that he's shown now, because he gets hurt more, like I said. And if you're hurt, you can't be on the basketball court. It's simple as that. I think if you just look at it from that perspective where he's an aging star and he's gotten more injuries now, it's just not a smart move to make, to give him that money, to give him the max deal. I appreciate everything that he did for us. He made us relevant, um, you know, bringing us to the playoffs again and, he had a great season where he won MVP. There was a season where we won 65 games with CP3. I appreciate all of that. And then let me also say this. If you go into my closet right now and you see which player I have the most jerseys of, it's James Harden. So that's how you know that it's not coming from hate, bro. Like, I still buy his shoes. I have all his jerseys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I have, like, um, jerseys with designs that, you know, that came out from breweries, uh, like a, a car box shirt that came out that was pretty dope. Um, I have a lot of uh, just gear of James Harden. I'm still rooting for him, like I said. But I, I just don't think it would be the best move for the Rockets. And, you know, I wish him the best. I really, like, I just hope this doesn't happen, man. People are going to call me a hater. Fuck it. But we have our guys already, and we just need to move that way. Like, you know, the, the I feel like the way the breakup happened, the breakup, it was pretty bad. And, like, I don't know, when you just go in the interview and just say, we're just not good enough. I don't think it could be fixed. Like, how can you move on from that? Like, how can you, you – you just can't move forward with that, like, having that guy back on the team, man. And, like, I don't give – I don't really care about that anymore. I was m more speaking of how it looks in basketball terms, but that was a big slap in the face is what I'm saying, right, to an organization. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can't I think, deny that. I think it's one of those things, like like I said, it's fun to think about, but at the end of the day, the whole James Rock, James Harden Rockets saga, it's done, it's over with. There's no need to revisit it. Um, we just had you just had to move on, right? Like, I think at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. You just got to move on. Like, you have a bright future ahead of you. Um, James Harden, like you said, is an aging star. He's gonna be in his late thirties by the if he does sign here, he's gonna be he's gonna be his late thirties by the time he's done here. So it's like, why revisit that? Again, I want to reiterate, like it's for me, it's fun to think about, right? Just see what those guys can do on the court together. But yeah. in reality, yeah. it's like in reality, it's probably you can probably get go get somebody else to add to your team that can help you win. Also, you know, 
there's no there's no reason to revisit the the bad shit with James Harden and uh yeah that's those are my thoughts on it um let's go ahead and end this thing guys James Harden bad idea got don't do it rockets we 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 got a young core let's move forward with that and with that Ike um let's end this thing bro um hopefully Texas can lose out get that number one pick um at we're looking forward to opening day with the Astros and Rockets, no James Harden, please. No, please. For the love of God. <laughs>